Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. It's October! Yay, October! The special month. Well, it's not really yay because how did we get here? How How is it October? Time travel. I hate it. But it's the most special month for the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. Absolutely. For what? For the oh, Halloween Happy Holiday Hoedown of Horror? Yes. So <laughs> we are going to celebrate this month in the only way we know how. Obviously. By giving you a series of movies that are all about possessed forms of transportation. Yes. This is a theme that I am very excited about. Since you know they'll all be terrible. They will all be terrible. And we're going to kick off this series with... A classic of the genre from 2023. The genre being horror movies about vehicles that are independently murderous. Yes. Right? This isn't about movies that are driven by scary people who try to run you off the road. No. These are the vehicles themselves that are angry. Yes. And this one is cleverly entitled motorboat motorboat and can we all guess what kind of vehicle it's about is it a train it's not a train is it a plane it's not a plane oh is it a motorboat it's a motorboat well it's a radio control boat (laughs) it's a radio control boat pretending to be a motorboat well actually it's half or maybe three quarters a radio control boat that is filmed very close up so that it's supposed to look big. It does not look Only big. Only it doesn't because somehow the waves manage to make it look small around it. <laughs> but it is also one quarter the back end of an actual motorboat because they want us to associate this RC boat with a motorboat even though the RC boat doesn't really have a motor on it. I mean, maybe it does, but it's really small, so you can't tell. Like, it's this, like, slick, black, like, race car RC boat. Yeah. And then every once in a while, it's also just the back end of, like, your dad's, like, outboard motor on his fishing boat. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow those are supposed to be the same thing. It it was a little hard to follow sometimes. (laughs) Regardless of how it was shown... The boat was murderous. And the boat was murderous because there's a cult, and we all know about these guys. I mean... The Brotherhood of Darkness. They gather in a basement, perform terrible rituals, but it's time someone put a stop to them, and that someone... Is... I don't remember what his name is. I just wrote down Father Murder. Yeah. I don't think his name is too important. It was like Patrick or something. Like, he had a name. It did tell us. But I just called him Father Murder because he's a priest who, like, consults with some... Priestess, it said in the uh, closed caption. It said priestess, but really it was more like a like a medium, like she was looking in a crystal ball kind of thing. Like, I don't know. 
He consulted with her. She told him about how terrible the cult was. And he was like, well, someone should do something about that. And even though she told him not to interfere, he got his two guns. Yeah, like every priest is equipped with. And found the cult and shot them and murdered them and threw them to the bottom of the lake. But not before the cult said to him, well, the cult had like a drinking the Kool-Aid meeting, except instead of Kool-Aid, it was like blood or something, I guess, which they drank through plastic masks that did not have holes in them. Right. That was fun. Yeah. They had their little meeting and they were like, oh, we're going to move on to our next phase or whatever. And then when the priest comes in, they're like, go ahead, kill Uh us, wink. And he did it. But they wanted him to do it. Because they had already completed the ritual that would put... I'm not clear if it was all of them or just Messiah Ward, the leader. But like somebody's spirit was going to be imbued into this boat slash remote control boat. And that kind of makes me feel like we're cheating on this movie. Because you do seem to see the boat go around killing people. But also you see... This undead demon guy driving the boat. Yeah, with his, like, he's wearing driving gloves, because apparently that's a thing for boats. <laughs> with his bones sticking out. But, right, they're slashed on the back, like he got dragged along the concrete. Yeah, it's and, like that. And, and his, like, bloody flesh slash bones are sticking out. Yeah, but see, that makes it feel like this is just a regular boat being driven by a, a no, demon No, it's ghost. just the spirit of him, though. Like, I think it's okay... That it's a boat being possessed by a spirit. Well, it's he wasn't yeah. like it wasn't the body of him. And what really sells it though is that there is no such boat. Like this boat appeared. Yeah, it's it's a demon boat, so it's all, it's all fine. Yeah, I mean the boat and him, they're one and the same. The boat can teleport sometimes, sort of in a way, kind of. Well, yeah, because it has like a glowy thing. It's very much. Like the shark in Ouija Shark. It is. It is a lot like that. Where it just kind of appears out of nowhere with this glowing orb of magic around it. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, that's an effect as it appears, but then it kind of seems to continue and sit in this orb. But it's not an orb so much as they're trying to inset the the radio control boat. The extreme close-up video of the remote control boat. In... A regular shot of the lake. So you've got like this circle of big water surrounded mm-hmm. by normal size water. And and it's never quite on the same plane. Yeah, it's all so like, slanted. Yeah, like the like the boat is kind of and its water is kind of askew to the rest <laughs> of reality. It's Well, that makes sense though. Uh, right? I mean I I'm it's jarring. It is jarring. Which is appropriate. Which is why this is a horror movie. Yes. So anyway, let's go back. Okay, the priest shows up and murders these people, fulfilling their their ritual. Indeed. And then throws their bodies in the lake and then proceeds for the next two years to just live with the guilt that he did this. After, when he throws them in, don't forget, he says, relish in hell. He does say that, which is... Not a phrase. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Relish your time in hell? I, that would have been that would have made more sense. The note I made there was that relish in hell would be a great band name. Yeah. For like some kind of quirky band that has a hot dog for a mascot. Yes. 
Yes. And he's like, we got to find out who did this. <laughs> okay. So, so Father Murder has, has done away with the Brotherhood of Darkness, Messiah Ward and his followers, who had been terrorizing the town of some unknown size of Woodboro, Pennsylvania. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. We know about that because of all the times it cuts to the news. But at the very beginning of this movie, the movie starts with breaking news. Yeah. Only the breaking news in question is some guy in his game room. Yeah, like some video podcaster. <laughs> Just telling it's us like, stuff. It's like YouTube channel breaking news. And I, I mean, I thought that's like where they were going. Like that's how they were trying to portray a newsroom. They were like, this is the best we got. But then later they have regular news. Yeah. No, I think it was like it was throughout. We had all of these reports of like radio and television news and like TikTok reporters. I mean, it wasn't TikTok, but like that sort of thing, like a TikTok or YouTube reporter kind of a thing where they were all obsessed with the fact that the, the brotherhood of darkness had just disappeared. Well, no, had not disappeared, had been massacred. Yeah. Cause they found the bodies at some point. Yes. And that like the mystery of like, who, who did this? How did this happen? What happened to the Brotherhood of Darkness? Yeah. And they, and there was reports on the bad things they did. I don't know what they were, but like, you know, killing people's cats or something. So it was good that they were gone. Yeah. But also everyone was really, really concerned about it, (laughs) but it apparently hadn't done any investigating whatsoever because that priest was not, it's not like he was sneaky. Like he, made his way through the place where they were all murdered, like banging into things and touching all the things. And like, he wasn't even, I guess he was wearing spider webs. (laughs) He did. I I have a note. He burst through the doors, like someone who was trying to break their way through a bunch of spider webs (laughs) while simultaneously holding a gun out in each hand. Yeah. I think he was trying to do, you know, like I've got two guns and I'm on the move and, you know, being stealthy, but he was just sort of waving at spider webs. Yeah, he really just looked like someone had just dropped a spider on his back and he was trying <laughs> to get it off. <laughs> yes. So I don't know why he didn't get caught. Apparently he didn't. But he's like guilt-ridden about it. And then, for some reason, this ghost-slash-demon boat starts killing people again, starting with Heckle and Jekyll, these two like rednecks who were out fishing in what was daytime and then immediately <laughs> became pitch black dark. Like yeah, it was really fast. It was noon and then it was 10 p.m. I mean, that could have been, you know, the influence of the demon. I, I Although assume they didn't seem surprised by they it. They didn't, no, they didn't seem to notice. It was either that or we were supposed to think that they had sat there bickering about what was going on <laughs> for like 12 hours. Yeah. So it starts by murdering these people, and then the priest is like, oh, no, it's starting again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have to put a stop to this. Yes, but he's still full of guilt over his murders. Huh. So he has to engage with Chief Barney, who is like, he's like a park ranger or park patrol for, yeah, for the lake. Lake Jude. Oh, Lake Jude. Yes. So he's getting called out when these bodies are all being found at Lodger's Point. I don't want to give our listeners the wrong idea. From what you've heard, you probably are thinking this is like a big blockbuster Hollywood film. 
you know, with mega stars like Brad Pitt and stuff in it. Sure. An elaborate CGI. It is not that type of movie at all, actually. It's a very low budget, cheaply made kind of homegrown. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it because you hit it right on the head while we were watching it and you were like, this feels like a bad Ben movie. Yeah, bad Ben. Like it's it's the passion project of someone or a group of someone's who are really excited about making their story and like have an idea and are doing the best they can with like the things they find in their garage to make it happen. And they do not have acting skills. No. They, yeah. It's like, and they're, and they're having to do all their own acting because they don't know anybody who has acting <laughs> skills either. Yeah. Or they're not willing to pay anyone, which is probably more likely. And interestingly enough, the brothers who wrote and directed this movie, mm-hmm. Mark and Anthony Polonia, are also the people behind one of the greatest movies of all time, oh. Landshark. Oh, that is that was an epic, epic movie to watch. We have seen that movie multiple times over because yeah. we have had to force... So many people to watch it. Yes, we've we've had to. What had else can you do? It 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 must be appreciated by as many people as possible. And it's interesting that they made that like in 2014 or something. I don't have the actual date here, but oh, quite a while ago. And this is what they made now in 2023. So here's the thing, though, because the Polonia brothers have have had their hands in a lot of movies. A whole lot of movies. Many, many dozens. But when you look at what those movies are, they are all of this same level. Indeed. And it feels intentional at this point. Like, I don't think you make two dozen movies and you don't get better (laughs) at something. Like, you don't... You don't like develop some kind of improvement in terms of like the CGI that you use or mm-hmm. someone comes along and is like, Hey, I loved Landshark. It was like a cl- cult classic. Like I want to be involved in this kind of satirical horror movie making, but it's someone who actually has some acting skills of some kind. And I think the danger of being that kind of person and making that kind of movie is that over time it starts to get better because practice improves your skills. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that this movie is the exact same level of competency, apparent competency means to me that they did it on purpose. Like these are choices. They're not like this CGI looks amazing. They are intentionally like, yes, blow it up. Then just superimpose it on the actual lake and then tilt it just a little bit. Like that was a choice that they made on purpose. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm saying. And that was one of my notes was it's it's torn between bad and intentionally bad. Yes. Which is it's it's something that a lot of these movies run into where they are being intentionally bad. Almost all of them are because they know that they're not going to be able to do something good. So lean into it. Have right. fun. But it's just stuck between bad and intentionally bad. So, like, you've got the the acting where you know the lines they were given, and they, they're trying to deliver them in a bad way. But also, they don't have the skill to do it in a bad way in a good way. 
Right. So an example of that is literally everything that Chief Barney says. Yeah. Because like he he's trying to do that like put on your sunglasses, say a cheesy line thing mm-hmm. that CSI does. And at one point he like turns and looks at the camera, says dying around here is becoming a bad habit. And the way he said it was, this is supposed to be like a clever line. And I'm like, there's nothing clever about that. Like there's no, there's no funny connection between dying around here and becoming a bad (laughs) habit. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people have died. Yes. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. So it's, that's a perfect example of what you're talking about where they could have amped up the cheese factor there. But instead, it was just like a weekly written sentence. Yeah, there was a lot of weekly written sentences. A weekly written sentence that was poorly delivered. Yeah. And, you know, that's the hardest thing is when they deliver lines poorly and they intend to do it. But also, it takes skill to do that in a way that's actually fun instead Mm -hmm. of just extra stilted. Right. And... Because I think there's a fine line between we're just throwing a bunch of mistakes in there and we are pretending to have a certain subpar level of skill because there was no consistency in the mistakes, right? Like it was just someone wrote the script kind of average and then went through and tried to make it bad in as many ways as possible rather than being like, okay, what would a brand new first time writer director who had no experience, what would they do? And that's two different things. And that's, that's a really subtle difference. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, there's skill. Now there's this guy on TikTok who does whatever he does. It's, mm. you know, what I'm I know what about. you're talking about. He does projects of some kind. I think I can't remember at all what it's about now. Cause it doesn't matter. As he's doing it, he sneaks in. He's like, I'm going to do it in anime style. And just since you're only hearing this in audio, let me be clear. I'm saying anime. Yes. But he pronounces it like that. So his whole video, his whole TikTok is something informative with this one thing done incorrectly. Just boldly incorrectly. And then the comments blow up with everybody going did he just say anime and it's huge it gives him a massive traction for nothing yeah and the reason i mention this is there's a shot in this movie that we both cracked up about took notes about and enjoyed immensely which is the cultists oh it was blood they were drinking because the lead cultist cuts his wrist and pours his blood into the thing that they drink and they do this shot no less than three times in the movie. Oh, yeah. This whole they go scene back to this exact shot with a close up <laughs> of him using a knife on his wrist three times. And he holds up the knife so you can see yep. it real clear. And, folks, the knife is backwards. He's so cutting obviously. himself with the flat end of the knife. And it's a serrated knife. You can <laughs> see the serrated part is the part that's away from his wrist. Yeah. So. I think that is exactly the same thing. And they were like, this is something people will focus on and enjoy. And here we are enjoying it and focusing on it. But here's the thing. I think their gambit failed because 
when you went to look for like goofs and spoilers and things like that on IMDb, did you find anything? No. No, because nobody is talking about this movie. Right. It didn't work the way that guy's TikTok works where he doesn't do the whole thing. He doesn't like pepper yeah, this video with crazy mistakes. He just does the one thing and then every single person who watches has to like point out like no one else noticed <laughs> yeah. this glaring mistake, right? I think if they had just done The Knife, if they had made a movie that people wanted to watch and had just had that one scene or maybe a couple. It makes me so mad, though. Yes, because it's intentional. It's manipulative. Yes, it's horribly manipulative. It's clickbait. Yes, but I think it could have been... It could have been successful because people fall for that. There is nothing people in this day and age like better than to catch a mistake on the internet yeah. and correct it. <laughs> right. So I think I think that he they could have gotten lots of attention had they made a movie that was somewhat worth watching with some things where you're like, you're never going to believe. When we watched Land Shark, which was roughly the same level... Yes. Of skill. We were so entertained. Yeah. So entertained that we did exactly what they were hoping we would do. And we showed a bunch of other people (laughs) this movie because it was so entertaining. It was. I think that they are trying to capitalize on a thing that they accidentally made happen. Probably because they were doing the best that they could and it was not great. Yeah, this is that thing where you try too hard. Oh, it's the butterfly syndrome. It is the butterfly syndrome. It is the butterfly syndrome. Yeah. Because they they were doing they were they were authentically trying to do something well. And I don't know, I'm making assumptions, but let's say it feels like with I mean, Land Shark, they were really trying to make a scary movie about a shark. But I mean, they they were being silly. They had like laser guns and stuff. Sure. A funny, scary movie about a shark. But they were trying to make it something people would enjoy. Yeah. And it accidentally was, like it hit that sweet spot. And I'm I'm just assuming that other people also enjoyed it in the same way that we did. That could be completely wrong. Oh, it seems unlikely that anyone would feel differently (laughs) than us. If they then were like, oh, okay, well, I can get positive feedback like my kid who splashed some paint on, you know, just threw some paint on a piece of paper and was like, oh, she liked that. I'm just, just going to start throwing paint on paper <laughs> because it got me positive feedback. They're just like, oh, people liked this thing where we did it terribly mm-hmm. and it was funny. We're going to do that on purpose from now on. But they're trying to do it so then it's not funny anymore because there's too much intentional failure behind it yeah when you're gonna fail anyway don't add intentional failure to that that's just too much failure yeah and i don't i don't fully understand what it is there's something i think human beings are attuned to picking up on manipulation and when Mm. someone is like i know i'm gonna do this badly so i'm gonna do it badly in a way that makes you like it people don't like that that feels manipulative yeah That's unpleasant. Which is unfortunate because what we prefer is when someone really tries hard to do something (laughs) successful and then they do it badly so we can make fun of their authentic attempt at being successful. Which is mock them mercilessly. That's unhealthy. Yeah. That's hurtful and terrible. I mean 
That's our entire oeuvre here. Mm. I mean, not entirely, but a significant number of our podcasts are us doing exactly that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, we are bad people. We shouldn't be bad people. (laughs) I don't feel bad about this movie, though, because I think they were intentionally trying to get people to say bad things about it. And so now we are. Sure. Yes. For example, there's a point when one of them, Father Murder, is looking at a piece of paper, and it's an article about, I think, about the murders he committed. Uh And instead of cutting to a shot of you know, a piece of paper that says whatever it says. They literally just showed video text, just plain text that said whatever the headline was. Like, that was not. No. (laughs) All they had to do was print it out on a piece of paper and film that. But no, they were like, that's too much work. We're in the editing booth. Let's just use the text tool and write some text on the screen. That reminds me of in Landshark when when she was looking at the clipboard with papers on it and yeah. they couldn't be bothered to print out something that was even remotely connected to what she, the character, was supposed to be looking yeah. at. And they were just like, I don't know, take like a page of the script or something and stick it on that clipboard. But then they let us see it. It was a lease agreement or something. I, I remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which that, I mean, at least they were showing paper on film. Yeah. There were a number of places in this movie where it was actually entertaining. Yeah. Whether the, and I still I stand by that these were choices that they made to be an entertaining failure, not that they were trying to be successful, but there were ones that did work for me. Mm-hmm. Some examples of that are that the costumes that almost all the characters were wearing were something that I was like, who made these decisions? Like, <laughs> what is happening here? The the coroner was literally wearing a kitchen apron and a COVID mask. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I get it. It does kind of suggest a coroner. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like but a high only school vaguely. film. Yes. Or how Chief Barney was wearing like, you know, like the brown t-shirt, button-up t-shirt kind of thing that park rangers often wear. But then he also had like long sleeve orange sleeves underneath him. Like they had had him put his costume on over (laughs) his other outfit. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I mean, I feel like that must have been, they must have been like, this is something that lake patrol guys wear. Maybe they're right. Maybe at their lake, at the lake where they filmed this, that's what they wear. Well, his his pants were also too short. Yeah, they were. His shoes were not quite right. Like, everything was just a little bit off. And it was the sort of thing where either it was someone who doesn't understand the messages that clothing can present, who was just like, I don't know, this is close. This is the right color. Try yeah. this. Which would is what would happen if like your your average high schooler like was making their first movie. Or it was an incredibly skilled someone who knows exactly what clothing says in a movie and was like, okay, so here's what it would be. Here's the correct outfit for this park ranger. And here's how we're going to backtrack to make it not right anymore. Yeah. So I I don't know. That one I thought was done really well because I couldn't tell which direction it was. Did they (laughs) not quite get to good or did they get to good and go backwards? Yeah. Another thing that I liked was 
later when the coroner was giving his report, for some reason, the musical choice that they made for all of the coroner scenes, like to set to, to like audio wise clue you into this is the coroner uh-huh. was this very subtle, like beep, beep, boop, boop. Oh boop, yeah. The robot, robot sounds. Music. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, why? How? That's the coroner's theme. Because he's sciencey, and so they made it kind of robotic and sciencey. Like it was again not the right choice. No. But it was either they didn't quite get to the right choice, or they got there and were like, now we have to take one step back. Yeah, which that makes a lot of sense. And on a note like that, something you noted we were talking a lot during this movie. We were. Was our first murder mm-hmm. by the boat is the two guys in the fishing boat. Mm-hmm. So they are in like knee deep water when they get killed. But they're pretending they're in the middle of the lake. You yeah. can see the reeds all around them. Like you can physically feel the fact that the shore is right there. It's right there. They're right on the edge. But they're pretending that they're in there and, and they're, you can tell that they're having to like crouch. <laughs> yeah. So they're in knee deep water. Then the next murder is this girl on the beach who she does some classy acting. Like when she goes and puts her feet in the water and splashes water up on her legs. (laughs) She is in ankle deep water, maybe. Maybe. At most. Yeah. And then the third murder is a guy who's standing on shore, not in the water at all. (laughs) And it feels like that's really clever. I yes, <laughs> like they, I like that. They put some thought into that. Maybe Although like, to be clear, they showed us how those kills worked. They all made perfect sense. Like for example, the boat would turn well, okay. This wasn't clearly shown, but it's implied. Uh-huh. We were supposed to figure it out. Uh-huh. The boat would turn around and put its motor at people and saw them up with the motor. Yeah. It's very very classic. With that outboard motor yeah. That was definitely yeah. there. And then the the guy who was standing on the shore, clearly he was too far. So in that case, it jumped out of the water. And I guess, uh, I don't even know what happened, but he died. I mean, there was if you blood. get hit by a motor, uh, you know, an outboard motor, the propellers of it, just it's, right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, a boat flying at you would kill you, but also the boat would then crush you and be on the shore with you. Well, unless the boat happened to only be like four inches long (laughs) (laughs) which it was i mean this was maybe a foot long yeah but yeah another one that i really liked that may or may not have been intentionally as bad as it was was how several times chief barney pats his the gun on his hip with like both hands yeah he's like this is my trusty gun. In fact, at one point he said the the priest is talking about how he's using his religion to, you know, stop the cultists and whatever. And Barney's like patting his hip <laughs> hip holster with both hands. He's like, This is my religion, or I'm using my religion. Yeah. It was yeah. so it was so ridiculous. The one in the car where he's doing that, he's being all, you know, he having all this bravado about his gun as he's patting over the seatbelt he has on. <laughs> Like, yeah, ridiculous. The way to make a bad movie that is not fun for the audience, okay, but it's very successful in terms of making it bad, is you make it boring. Because one of the classic, you know, boring things that, haha, how could they have done that, is 
showing somebody just walking somewhere for a really long time or Mm -hmm. get in a car and you watch them drive the whole way. Like that happens in bad movies and it's terrible. And so when you want to pretend to be bad, you kind of do that. And they did that here and they hated it. Right. We watched Chief Barney walk all the way from one end of the dock to the other. (laughs) Yes. Oh, after the first guy in the RV, you know, there were the two guys in the RV. Oh, yeah, the two guys. (laughs) One of them who was watching all the news broadcasts somehow, like every time we needed to see a news broadcast, we bounced back to the RV where he was watching it and making all these like very dramatic shocked faces. Weird faces, faces, yeah. While his friend was asleep in the chair in like Mm -hmm. the most melodramatic way possible. (laughs) So his sleeping friend gets up, goes to the lake, gets attacked by the boat. Yep. News watcher guy sees that his friend is laying on the beach. Is like <laughs> that idiot fell asleep on the beach. Which what? Yeah, he what? definitely did. Maybe his friend had narcolepsy. That makes sense. That's character. Anyway, he apparently fell asleep on the beach. What an idiot! I'm gonna go wake him up. And then he like like Michael Sarah's his way. <laughs> <laughs> through a bunch of leaves, you know, like slowly, you know, Charlie Brown scuffs his way through the leaves. Walk. <laughs> yeah. And we got to watch the whole the walk whole all the way to the beach. And also he gets to the dead body of his friend that has been cut up by a boat and he doesn't see any blood around mm-hmm. him. He still thinks he's asleep as he gets to him. It's only until he turns him over that he sees that the guy's face is like, I don't know, they had some really good makeup effects in this movie. Yeah. His face was just like torn into mush. I don't and know. And at that where point, he was already was. being attacked by the boat. Like, he was yeah. also under attack. They did have good makeup effects because, like, the, the demon driving the boat, too, like mm-hmm. the hands, that was kind of cool. Yeah. And they, they would cut to these little shots. Like, a lot of this movie had moments where they're like "Ooh, it's being creepy so it's just a random cutaway to like some zombies with lots of lens flare yeah oh my gosh there were some ridiculous effects but the zombies were really good and i kept wondering is that footage from another movie because Mm. that doesn't seem right they didn't film that for this movie that'd be crazy i mean maybe they did which (laughs) then is like if you can do that why are you doing this yeah i don't know well to make money i don't Okay, I think my ultimate favorite part of this movie, and I am not sure if this was done intentionally. <laughs> I'm not sure if the message that I got from it or that I that I read into it was what was supposed to be read into it or the exact opposite of what was supposed <laughs> to be read into it was toward the end, all of the interactions between Father Murder and Chief Barney. Because Father Murder, yeah. Father Murder decides like he has to go to the authorities to get help stopping this cult from coming back and murdering people, right? Yeah. The authority he chooses is this one park ranger guy who, upon hearing the story that Father Murder killed like four or more people and then threw them in the lake two years ago and has gotten away with it ever since was Mm -hmm. like, well, they deserved it. Yeah, he was so on his side. And who basically then said, you know, because Father Murder was like, but the church doesn't condone this and I, you know, this is a sin against God. And, And Chief Barney is like, I don't know. God probably understands. Yeah. 
In he this was, case. He was really, really pushing forgiveness for these murders. Yes. He's like, you didn't murder them. You erased them. Yeah. That's different. So the message to me was like, they were doing such a fantastic job of showing that both religious leaders and members of people of authority are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And completely unreliable and have no moral base. Right. Have no morals and are going to do exactly what's best for them and then justify it as doing the right thing for everyone else. Like it was so great. It was funny because Father Murder was like trying to do the right thing. He was yeah. like, I'm trying to atone for this. I want to do it. And the, and Barney would just, just keep pushing this. No, stop. What you did was great. You're yeah. my hero. Yeah. Don't feel guilty. It's just totally the wrong person for him to be talking to. And then in response to that, Father Murder tells him, maybe you should join the clergy. Yeah. Like... What? What are the criteria that you are basing that on? That is a good question. It was, yeah, it was something interesting. So I really enjoyed that piece of it, though. Like, I enjoyed how upsetting it was. It was, like, really, it bothered me a lot. And when I, if I felt like it was an intentional choice to, like, they were trying to bother me, I liked the worked <laughs> that they were trying yes. to bother you that's just, good just like what you said we're like first it's two feet of water and then it's two inches of uh-huh. water and then it's no water at all i was like that's so annoying <laughs> but it's also very clear that they did that on purpose which then makes it funny yeah that is funny like in a movie about a boat killing people they had <laughs> no point where there was someone swimming in the water no. <laughs> and the boat gets them <laughs> and they started out barely in the water and then kept getting further and further and further away from the water yeah what it really needed though was like an, a finale where the boat like leaps out of the water and hits somebody you know inside a supermarket <laughs> right <laughs> but instead what happens is they they defeat the boat how do they defeat the boat because all I have is that the toy boat burst into flames slash lava. Wow, I don't remember seeing they, that. They made the boat explode, but it ex- like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a a typical like a car explodes and yeah. like there's that kind of explosion, right? That's mostly light and sound and sh- shrapnel of metal, right? Yeah. This was an explosion of like lava blobs, and I'm like, where did? Feel like Where I, is the lava coming from? I must not from? have been looking because that sounds amazing. It was it was pretty awesome. But what they did was they had a race with the boat for some reason. Right. And then the demon from the boat jumped onto their boat and started attacking them. And he had Father Murder. And so Father Murder grabs the big, very heavy cross made of styrofoam. <laughs> which, that's not going to sink. But anyway, he grabs it and he's like, tie him to me and throw me overboard. I'm going to sacrifice myself and get rid of this guy. It, that was his way of finding a- a- absolution for his c- crimes was to then yeah. commit another murder. I feel I like mean, a demon murder maybe is actually more acceptable in <laughs> yeah, God's eyes. But it would have been fine. I feel like Bar- Barney was should have spent some more time being like, no, I'm not going to do it because what you did was great. And- <laughs> <laughs> you don't need so, to apologize. But did they, how did they get the boat to explode? I think that's just what happens when you sink a demon. Maybe. That's attached to a boat. Well, but the, 
No, the RC boat exploded and then he tied himself oh. to the demon and was like, see you on the other side and then jumped in and they sank to the bottom. And then I the, ar- the ghost of the RC boat that had exploded like showed up underwater somehow, I think. Wow. I should have paid more attention to the end of this movie. It sounds very dramatic. It was, it was very dramatic. Yeah. But I, I really, I, I very much enjoyed the graphics that they used, like the CGI explosion fake explosion that they used because it was so it was so much not the right thing (laughs) yeah which probably intentional yep quality but then there's a touching like denouement at the end where chief barney goes to the cemetery and like sees the ghost of father murder standing Mm -hmm. over and he's clearly like his soul is at peace. He looks very happy. Yeah, I'm not sure why. And then but he like yeah. disappears in the in the 1980s screensaver line pattern that is God. Yeah, that's the God lines because that happened when he was praying before too. Yeah, yeah. So this is a very theological movie. <laughs> yes, it digs really digs into ethics and morals and mm-hmm. and what God really wants. Also, it features the song "Gonna Make You Mine" when you hear my bass line. I didn't hate that song, actually. <laughs> I really didn't. What I did hate was how mi- how often scenes ended and then the song that was behind the scene would just cut off like mid-note. Yeah. That was very jarring. Indeed. Ratings. I have more notes for this movie than most movies we've watched because it just, there was so much and I have so much more I could say, but I mean, we've taken too much of your time now and I apologize for that deeply and sincerely. This is a bad movie and it's an intentionally bad movie also on top of being a bad movie. I really didn't enjoy it at first. It was very boring and slow and impossible to understand there was this whole before they got to the boat there was all this stuff with the cult where i was like there's like 20 different concepts here and then none of them connect and i don't know what's going on but it came together and by the end of the movie i was having a good time like the Mm -hmm. last third of the movie starts to get fun with boat murders and Mm -hmm. the high-speed boat chase with the hear my baseline song behind it yes very exciting. High-speed boat chase between them in their speedboat and nothing else. They were just <laughs> they were just going along the water real fast and looking out at the water ahead of them hoping to see the other boats. Well, occasionally interspersed with some close-up footage of a remote control boat. Yeah, every so often. So, I mean, it picked up by the end and I guess I'm going to give it two and a half ocean liner honks out of 5. It's it's pretty enjoyable in a way. I mean, you got to be prepared, but yeah. Oh, the ocean liner honks. <laughs> yeah. Where every single time they happened, I was like, where is that coming from? Because it could not possibly be coming from the picture they were showing us at the time. <laughs> okay, two and a half. I agree. I don't have much more to say. I don't have much more to add because I feel the same way. I think that there were some definite enjoyable parts where the badness was so bad it was entertaining. That it was in the window of entertainingly bad. They threw enough spaghetti at the wall that some stuck. Yes. Unfortunately, though, in the midst of all that spaghetti throwing, 
there was a lot of it that was just a mess and where I'm just looking around going, now there's just spaghetti all over my kitchen. And that's just annoying, right? It is. So it it is probably a more skilled movie than Landshark in the sense that they were better at what they were doing, so they had to work harder at being bad at it. Very possible. Which unfortunately lands them in it not being as as fun a movie to watch as Landshark. It's the uncanny valley. Yes. So, um, I yeah, I agree with you on all the things that you said. I think talking about it brought to mind more of the things that I liked about it or that felt like intentional choices that, that ended up working. Because I think before we started talking about it, I was just like, oof, this movie was trying too hard. Yeah. None of it worked. It was stupid. But there were parts that worked. But you know what? If I have to introduce someone to a terrible, like, not even B-level horror movie for the entertainment of it, I'm still going to go back to Landshark. Of course. I'm not I'm not going to come to Motorboat. Unless it's, like, someone who, like, is super into boats or something. Like, there might be a niche kind of person where I'm like, this will do it for you. But um, it's, it's not their best work. It's not their worst work. It's not their most entertaining work. <laughs> yeah. I am going to give it two Ocean Liner honks out of five. And I say that and being very aware that I don't remember what I gave Landshark. I don't know if we reviewed Landshark. So, yeah, I don't know how that compares. But in this moment, it feels like a two. If you enjoy terrible horror movies that you... The whole point is you are yelling at the screen about all the terrible choices the directors and writers and actors are making. This is going to give you that opportunity. Oh, yes. For sure. But it's also probably not the best opportunity out there. So, I don't know. That's where I'm at. All right. Well, that is our first vehicle of the month. We have more vehicles to come. And you'll just have to see what they are next week. So excited for this series. (laughs) And this started because last night we were like, what do we want to watch? And sometimes I just give you like a vague parameter for -hmm. you to work from. And I was like, I want a movie with a boat in it. (laughs) And when I said that, I really was thinking like an ocean liner, like a haunted, like big boat out in the middle of the ocean all by itself. And then you found this and I was like, hmm. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. But now we're just going to find lots of possessed vehicles for you. Yes, I hope we can find some interesting vehicles, but it's probably mostly going to be cars. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. Dying around here is becoming a bad habit. 